Conference of Champions rolls on. No truck stops here. We are the Pac-12. We are the best of the best. And welcome back to No Truck Stops, a Pac-12 podcast. My name is Avery, and I am here with Carlos. Hello. Greg. Hey. And Matt. Oh my gosh, I'm not prepared for this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, this is killing me. Wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Uh, Life asked death, why do people love me but hate you? Death responded, because you're a beautiful lie, and I'm a painful truth. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> that was worth it. Uh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Matt. Sure. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at No Truck Stops Pod and send us an email at No Truck Stops Podcast at gmail.com so Carlos can have something to read during the week. And as a reminder, we're talking about basketball now. So for the next couple of weeks until basketball season starts, we'll be previewing the Pac 12 basketball season. We'll do our best to take you through the conference and what expectations are for each team. The first part of our preview drops Tuesday morning, so make sure to check that out. Even if you don't watch Pac-12 basketball, we're going to change your mind, so listen to those episodes. Okay, there's a ton to talk about today, so let's start with the most exciting part of the day, in my opinion, college game day, (laughs) and specifically Bilt Wallen's electric 15-minute appearance as the celebrity guest picker. ESB... ESPN had him on and he took over by the end of it. It was trending on Twitter. What did you all think of his appearance? Let's start with Matt. This man is a gem. Um, the the lettuce that he has going right now is absolutely sublime. I love every strand. Um, absolutely just incredible work to completely overrun every single other person on the set. Um by far the worst part was how much he had Desmond laughing. I could have done without that part of it. Um, but otherwise, just just an absolute peach of a human. An absolute peach. Yeah, I try to watch College Game Day every Saturday, kind of to start my day. And this is Why? by far... I'm sad, Matt. I'm a sad <laughs> person. This is by far the best celebrity guest picker they've had probably in the last three years because I can't remember what happened before 2018. Um, He was amazing. His 15 minutes made sitting through truck stops, previews, so much worth, so much worth it. That doesn't make sense. Very worth it. So I'm very thankful for Bill Walton. I'm so glad we got the beautiful soundbite of him saying how much he loves cougars. Um, making the sound of every mascot after they're talked about. It was just chef's kiss. Uh, Yeah, I loved it. I loved how he just took over the entire thing. Um, It became, it literally became the Bill Walton show. I loved um, just how much Pac-12 propaganda he was doing all the time. We got many, many of our uh, truck stops bites uh, called. The Oklahoma State-Iowa State uh, game came up. They asked him, Bill, what do you think of that? He's like, truck stops, truck stops. That's all he said. Um, And uh, him naming basketball players for every single single school that came up during the picks. Also really good. Also extremely on-brand. He was fun. He's just fun to listen to. I really enjoy uh, just how just how much he completely changes the tenor of anything he's on. Um, that was that shit was electric. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it was 
a Walton masterclass as per usual. He should be the guest picker permanently because that was way more fun than I've ever had watching it. Uh, nobody's even close to as entertaining as him. It's a shame he he went zero and four on his Pac twelve picks. That was who cares? Great, but but it's whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh, Imagine paying loved... attention to his picks. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember what he picked, <laughs> except he picked USC over Notre Dame, and every all the seven US, UCLA fans at College Game Day were booing. <laughs> hey, there was I a good that was a good Reese crowd. Davis. I was there was a pretty good turnout considering how early it was. I was impressed. I love watching Reese Davis try and control him. Like you can't. Was, you yeah, can exactly. only hope to contain him. Somewhere, Dave Pash was watching <laughs> on laughing. Well, there I think this is just. There was that tweet of the the Loki um, uh-huh, gif yeah. where it's the that's how it feels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just beautiful because, like I said in our first basketball episode, if you haven't listened to that, you should. Bill Walton is the number one reason, in my opinion, to watch Pac-12 basketball. If you saw him on game day, that's just a taste of what basketball season is like in the Pac-12. He. He is beautiful, and I think that's one of the number one red flags a person could have if they dislike Bill Walton, because he's just the best human being. There are people who do dislike him, and every every year, people it's like, is a what stretch. is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Well, their their reasoning's always like, I just like good, I like good analysis, and he just talks about random shit for most of the time, and I'm like, but he fills in the gaps of random shit with good analysis. Like yeah, I it's mean the and, most and perfect like, combination. Let's be real. College basketball can be a slog to watch sometimes, depending on the kind of game. And so, just having someone who's a sideshow is is makes makes the whole thing and the whole production entertaining. It's like is it? It's a forty second shot clock, right? Like, it's a forty second shot clock of guys thirty that. Eh, we're going 40. It feels like 40. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just, it's terrible. There's so much just dribbling the ball out. And yeah, like, he's not taken away from anything. That's for sure. No, he's not. It's, you have to understand that when you're turning on Pac-12 basketball covered by Bill Walton, you're turning on the Bill Walton show with the side of basketball. You don't watch it for the basketball. You watch it for Bill Walton. At least that's how I view that there's people that watch Pac-12 basketball because they like Pac-12 basketball by itself does anyone else have anything to add I love you Bill I want I want Bill on this show he listens right <laughs> canonically <laughs> like it's canon that he listens right I, I would let saint. <laughs> I would let Bill Walton speak for 90 minutes uninterrupted I wouldn't try Not to do what anyone want. else does I would just let him I'm sure he needs your permission for that. So thank you. <laughs> can we can we real quickly talk about the photo of him preparing for college game day? What, Carlos? Yeah, like, right before, yeah, like right before he got on, there was a picture that was circulating of him around, like looking through a book, like as he was <laughs> like as he was about to go through game day, and when you zoomed in, it was a picture of a dog. And it was a picture a, of multiple dogs. It was like a scrapbook. And and like the clipboard also had a picture of a dog. I like I don't understand. And it's just extremely Bill Walton to be like, this is how he preps for game day. He looks at pictures 
of a dog of dogs. <laughs> it was so good. Somebody else asked, I, I want to remember who it was, but somebody said something like he made all his picks based off of basketball. Who did, who does that? And I literally do that <laughs> <laughs> like at least once a week. One of my picks is like, well, they're basketball team. So <laughs> it's a method that works sometimes. All right, moving on to the actual football part of college game day. Oregon beat UCLA 34-31 to in the Rose Bowl. There was a lot of back and forth in this one. UCLA jumped out to a 14-0 lead in the first quarter. And honestly, Oregon looked like they were going to let UCLA walk all over them. But Oregon went on a 34-3 scoring run. UCLA put up two touchdowns before the fourth quarter comeback effort. Fell short after an Ethan Garbers interception. Carlos, you feel more confident in Oregon with this win, or is UCLA too flawed to have restored your confidence in them? Uh, I think it's the latter. Uh, I think UCLA has some serious flaws. I thought that Oregon played well. Like I was really, I, I was really impressed with Anthony Brown, and I think a lot of people were. This is the first game that I kind of saw uh, Oregon fans not mad at Anthony Brown the entire time, giving praise to Anthony Brown. I think that says a lot about UCLA secondary. Uh, UCLA could not get a pass rush for the middle chunk of this game, for most of the game, really in the middle. Um, and UCLA's run game was able to get absolutely nothing going. Now, Oregon, Oregon's run defense um, might be okay. I mean, there's a ton of talented guys in their like, front seven, but I thought UCLA's uh, rushing attack was largely neutralized by whatever Oregon was doing. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau obviously made a huge mess for UCLA, but um, yeah, I mean, there was just a, a, a number of things that UCLA was doing that uh, didn't make much sense to me. It got pointed out on the broadcast, and it gets pointed out by other people that um, you know UCLA's linebackers are frequently made to be out of position um, because they're trying to show blitz and then will drop back, but are dropping back to cover almost no one. Uh, you know, run blocking was nowhere near as it as, as good as it has been in the past, so. I tend to think that this is just like this is just what UCLA is at this point. Um, they have a potent offense that can go through stretches where it struggles. Uh, their defense is mediocre to bad, uh, veering towards bad, but is um, you know maybe looks competent against much worse offenses or less talented offenses. So yeah, this was this was much more about you know UCLA looking mediocre. Uh, Oregon, I, I just. They gave they had a lead and sat on it and got super conservative and let UCLA back into the game and that's the kind of shit that you know really drives me nuts about Oregon because they could have they really should have blown UCLA out the way that Arizona State did frankly um, they had they had the lead they had all of the momentum um, the energy was just sucked out of the Rose Bowl Oregon really should have blown the shit out of UCLA. Yeah, I was going to say the second and third quarter, I was extremely impressed with Oregon, like the most I've been impressed with them since Ohio State. They put up 34 to 3 on um, UCLA during after UCLA's first two touchdowns, and then they just let UCLA come back. I don't know why they didn't blow it up and blow it open, and I think a lot of that has to do with the coaching. And so that's why I'm back to like, okay, Oregon actually isn't that good. I don't know. I just need to see like a consistent game from them. I do want to point out that Travis Dye had one of the craziest stat lines I have ever seen. He was like four carries for four touchdowns in a row with like 17 yards, which was just unreal. He went on to have um, 14 carries for, with an average of 2.5 yards a carry, which 
I don't know is I think that's holding him pretty well besides like the four touchdowns that were all on the basically in the red zone and I'm just kind of disappointed in Oregon for not blowing this game open and letting UCLA creep back to almost winning it just seems like they've done that with so many of their games you know they let Stanford do it Stanford got out to a a lead and then Oregon came back and then Oregon let Stanford hang around when it looked like they could blow the game open same thing with Cal Cal came back and at the end was driving down the field and very well could have scored so I don't know what's going on with Oregon and why they can't just finish the game for me uh I was kind of impressed with both teams coming out of the game uh I thought both of them did some things really well especially Anthony Brown like he still had his bad moments like he overthrew some guys that were wide open would have been touchdowns if he'd hit those and he had picks but uh I still think that was his best game of the season and he made some nice throws that were like just really good throws regardless of how bad UCLA's secondary is like the coverage could have been a lot better and they were still really great and that was encouraging to me that was the first well there were moments of the game where I was still screaming for them to start Ty Thompson, but uh, that was the first time I haven't been doing it the whole game. Uh, I thought Moorhead called a really good game. It felt like Oregon was consistently getting what they wanted offensively. And on the flip side, I think UCLA played well for the most part, too. Uh, their defense isn't that good, and so I can't... Uh, like, for their standard, I think they played well, but... Uh, DTR is just so fucking tough. The way that Chip kept putting him out there as a sacrificial sacrificial lamb to get murdered by Kayvon Thibodeau, who was one-on-one on, like, every play for some reason, was terrifying. It's a miracle uh, DTR didn't get hurt earlier than he did, but it was so impressive to watch him just stand in the pocket and keep taking hits and keep getting back up and doing great things to help UCLA stay in it. Uh, Yeah, I just... I came out of that, I don't think any worse of UCLA for that, and I think I think a little bit more of Oregon for it. Um, yeah, I, I think that, I, yeah, I really didn't see anything different out of any of these, either of these teams. Um, one of the, frankly, more concerning things about um, UCLA was, was how they ran the ball in this game, I felt. Um, only 129 yards uh, looking at game on paper. Uh, really, really concerning on first downs. Um, they had a, they were, they were a negative point one nine on estimated points added in the uh, on first downs, and so they're just constantly behind the chains. Kind of leads into what you were talking about, Greg. Where it really felt like Oregon was just teeing off on DTR, and he played a hell of a game. He was getting absolutely drilled every single time, and he had a lot of um, a lot of really nice plays out of it, but unfortunately ended up going down at, at the end of this thing um per so at bill Connolly, um sp plus master uh ucla or oregon at the end of this game had a post-game win expectancy of 98 percent um oregon like all of the numbers about this tell you that oregon should have absolutely ran them out of the water not even the oregon could have blown them out as much as oregon probably should have blown them out um, kind of like you said, Carlos. And so I just, I, I don't know. I, to me, a lot of this looks very similar. Um, Oregon had the chance to really ice the game and uh, Brown threw an interception in the end zone with like three minutes to go, really giving UCLA life at the end there. Um, 
I don't know. Very Pac-12, very messy, very I mean it was a really fun game at at parts where it looked like it was going to be really close and then it just seemed like the other team was taking over and felt inevitable at different points during the game. So um definitely a lot of a lot of back and forth and I I think ultimately kind of fairly around what you expected. I did want to point out uh, to Greg's point about Kayvon Thibodeau, or really, I think all of you made it about Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, it was like UCLA at one point was sticking Greg Dulcich, um, their best receiver, to cover Kayvon Thibodeau. And I think that's the one that, that forced the fumble from uh, on DTR. I'm not sure if that one resulted in a turn- turnover, but it forced the fumble from Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, things like that uh, were just absolutely insane. I did want to ask you all really quick, what did you all think of Oregon's uniforms? Uh, these like, you know, there was a white, they were called eggshell and they were meant to look like a duck egg. And they had like, it was, they were all white with like black speckles. Did you all, did you all like these? Were these good? Um, I hated them a lot. So the whole idea was they were supposed to look like duck eggs. Duck eggs do not have speckles on them. I don't like resident farm girl. Yeah, I grew up on a farm. Anyways, I like if you're gonna do shit like that, at least make it correct. Don't just pull shit out of your ass and throw it on your jersey. That's what it looked like. I really loved. I really loved the color of the helmets. They were this super dark. Yeah, that's green. their best green. And that I green think, is so. I good think looking. that green, like, just wear the helmets with the white, all white jerseys. I Oregon's brand has very quickly become just doing random shit because their brand is to never be consistent. Which you know what? I'll respect it, but don't try to trick me into thinking they're good. Okay. A lot of people said it looked like a lawn mowing accident, and I completely agree. That's exactly what it looked like. I don't understand why those uniforms got so much praise because they weren't good. It is just the green is sexy. That that's a great color of green. I think this is just further confirmation that no team in the Pac twelve is untouchable and honestly would not be surprised to see like Washington State win the North. Um <laughs> oh that's a joke. That's a really bad joke. Let's get out to the graveyard and talk speaking about of, the so yeah, real speaking of non untouchable teams. <laughs> yeah. Let's get out to the graveyard and talk about the real leader of the Pac twelve North, Oregon State Booblet. Um Utah also jumped out to a fourteen and zero lead before Oregon State put up 260 rushing yards on 6.3 yards per carry on route to a 42 to 34 win. BJ Baylor starred with 152 yards on 19 carries and Chance Nolan was an efficient 14, 19 for 208. Greg, are you more impressed with Oregon state or disappointed by Utah? Definitely more impressed with Oregon state. I, uh, came into that game, not very high on Oregon state. Uh, did not think they were going to be that good thought they were just simply like a fine team who was just above average Pac-12 and they proved me wrong emphatically uh they did a great job about and like they did a great job of about everything in that game except for penalties they had a lot of those but it didn't matter because they were just absolutely lethal offensively and uh, I thought Utah played a fine game but a fine game is not good enough to beat Oregon State when they're playing like that. And when Jonathan Smith is their coach, they're going to play like that most of the time. Uh, I was very impressed with them as they as they ripped my heart out. And watching them compete over the next few weeks is going to be a ton of fun. 
Yeah, so I wanted to point out that 260 rushing yards is the most rushing yards ever put up on Utah in the Kyle Whittingham era. Um, Kind of an insane thing. And the biggest thing about this game for me is Oregon State beat Utah by being Utah, you know, running the ball so much and then only asking your quarterback to do the bare minimum. And it's just kind of been what they've been doing all season. And they looked really good doing it. I, I'm i super impressed with Oregon State. You know, Utah played just okay. They weren't. It's not like Utah played this incredible game and somehow got beat. Utah played absolutely okay. Um, not amazing. I wouldn't say they were shit either. Uh, I have some strong comments on the coaching, but I don't need to talk about that. I wanted to say like BJ Baylor is just beautiful to watch. Their whole run scheme is just beautiful to watch. So if you haven't watched an Oregon State game yet, you are sorely missing out. Um, Oregon State isn't ranked this morning in the AP poll. I know the AP poll doesn't matter, but I wanted to point out that BYU, who beat a coachless Washington State, which we'll get to, is ranked in the top 25. They only beat Wazoo by two points, whereas Oregon State lost to Washington State with it when Washington State had a coach and they lost to Purdue who beat number two Iowa last week so absolutely begging that voters stay awake to watch Oregon State because this is one of the most fun offenses in the country to watch you didn't even have to stay awake for this one too like that no it wasn't late it was it was like 11 o'clock eastern when this thing ended like it it should not be that hard to actually watch this game um yeah this was this was a complete Jonathan Smith like masterclass from an offensive standpoint. Um, it, it seemed to me that Utah sold out to stop the run and couldn't do it. And then when they couldn't do it, Nolan was able to just get his in in the in the middle where he wasn't actually forced to throw. They just could throw when they wanted to, and that meant that they got exactly every single thing that they wanted. Um, again, on the post uh, post game win expectancy. Um, 91% post-game win expectancy for Oregon State. That is extremely high for an eight-point game. Um, this thing wasn't riddled with turnovers. Uh, Oregon State it really kept a lot of Utah drives alive with really, really critical um, penalties. At I mean, there was a ton of them where it was just a third-down face mask, and you know the targeting came on a third down, I believe. Like, it just... A lot of really, really interest, um, really, really brutal, almost Arizona State like in in how impactful those penalties were. So I, Oregon State's good. They 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 executed so perfectly in every facet of this game. They blocked a punt. Um, they somehow tucked Utah's punter into punting the ball into the back of their own blocker. So like that was pretty incredible execution by Oregon State there. Um, they fucked that one up with a penalty again, but um, yeah, this is this is a good team. I, it's it's definitely one of those things where I don't know how to feel about Utah coming out of this game, other than yeah, they're probably just not elite, just like everybody else. Like I think that it's really hard to complain about any offense when they've scored thirty four points. It's especially hard to complain about a Utah offense that just scored thirty four points. And as much as you would expect a lot more out of Utah defense, this Oregon State rushing attack, when it is clicking, is so, so, so good. Um, really, really impressed by them. And and 
Like they just, I think that, that they, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how they move forward because I wonder the one thing that I am curious about is if it's a situation where Utah is one of those teams where they play everything so straight up that if you know what you're supposed to be doing, you're going to be able to, to effectively do that because Utah's not really going to counter that with anything too exotic. Whereas a lot of other teams, you talked about a lot of the way that UCLA played along their front. They do so much slanting and movement that I wonder if that has, and those types of defenses have an impact against this scheme, but man, when it works, it's, they snowball so fast. They're really, really good. Yeah, they were incredible. Um, I, I felt like, and what's, what needs to be said, and I think y'all have alluded to it, is like, Oregon State's been doing this to everyone. Like, they're giving everyone 200, 250, almost 300 yards every single game. And you know that they want to run. You know that their run-pass uh, ratio is going to be something ridiculous, like 70-30. Um, Utah knew that Oregon State was going to run the ball. Um, and Oregon State was going to – did I say Oregon State? I did say Oregon State. Um, Utah knew that Oregon State was going to run the ball. They knew at halftime that Oregon State was only going to want to run the ball. And Utah's defense is a top – that's a top 25 defense. Um, typically, does Utah's defense typically does not get run roughshod like that. And Oregon State just – it didn't matter. Like, Oregon State got whatever it wanted. 8.43 yards per play for Oregon State. That's fucking ridiculous against the top 25 uh, defense. Um, that shouldn't happen, but, uh, I, I mean – Oregon State's run blocking is really good. B.J. Baylor is really good. Deshaun Fenwick is, is also really good as, a, as sort of coming in in spells. The one thing I do want to say, though, is I was told uh, by members of this podcast that Oregon State had a bad defense, that it was trash, that it was not good, that it was useless. And I, I we had this conversation that I that I was telling you all, it's not great. But it's average. It's fine. We ha- it's not. We talked about how they're like statistically yes. they're the sixth best defense except in the Avery. Conference. Yes, thank yes. you, Avery. Except Avery. <laughs> um, I was I, and like I think it showed here. Yes, I think that first half was a brutal defensive showing. I think for Oregon State, particularly on third down, like that was that was the thing that was killing Oregon State's defense was giving up major third down conversions in the first half to Utah, namely on the legs of Cam Rising, who actually looked very good in this game uh i thought he was awesome i thought that uh weirdly enough he was great uh, with his legs he was really good in his downfield throwing and where i thought he struggled was when he had to make short throws very weird uh to see that sometimes extremely weird to see that from a quarterback but oregon state really turned it up um there utah only scored 10 points in the entire second half so I, I think Oregon State's defense, uh, the defensive issues, I think, are a little overblown. I don't think they're that bad. Do I think they're, like, a top 40 defense? By no means do I think that. I think they're solidly average in, like, FBS. Um, and that might be enough when they've got maybe the one of the one of the best running games in all of college football. Yeah, I wanted to point out really quickly that Utah ran 77 plays this game, which is extremely high for Utah and Oregon State only ran 60. Utah was on the field most of the time their offense was they were controlling the time of possession. It the key to winning this game was to outscore Oregon State because their offense is the kind that will just run over you until your defense is dead which we saw from Utah in the second half. 
if you score, if your offense puts up points every time you're on the field or three out of four times on the field, you'll probably be okay. And Utah did really well at this in the first half, and that's why they were winning going into halftime. But it just there was just nothing exciting happening on offense for Utah in the second half. They tried to like match Oregon State's run game, which was not happening at all. I mean, I was screaming at them to pass and then their calls would be like short screen passes, which for some reason, like you said, Cam Rising was really struggling to hit. And then our downfield passing, I feel like was really successful. And we only had what, like five deep throws? Especially with the injuries in Oregon State's yeah. secondary. Well, I guess injury plus well, their, targeting. Their two starting safeties weren't playing. Yeah. Like, uh, the pass Why? game was so effective, and Cam Rising is so good going deep. Why didn't that happen more? But, yeah. Oregon's... This... Other... Yeah, sorry. One other thing to note. Uh, Devin Lloyd got a targeting call. Uh, a pretty brutal one. Um, I, I mean, I think it was clearly targeting, but... I think that really kind of put away Utah's chances, and now he's out for the first half of UCLA, so that's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, it was a really dumbass play. It was very clearly targeting. Um, Quick little uh, tidbit when it comes. We don't need to go into all the statistics and break down the entirety of the Oregon State defense. Um, SP Plus rankings after Week 8. Last week they were one ahead of Arizona. They are now rated as the worst defense in the Pac-12 per SP Plus. Which is weird. Would you all think that? Do you all think? Do you all think that Oregon State is the worst defense in the Pac-12? I still don't think they're very good. Yeah, I don't think they're very good. By no means do I think they're very good. I, th- I, don't, I, think, I don't even think they're average. I think like, they. Who? There's some. There's some bad defenses in the Pac-12. I think they are definitely better than Arizona's defense. Um, and I think a lot of the reason Oregon State's defense is successful is because their offense makes it so they're not on the field as much, or at least it feels that way. And it's, they're never in a bad position. They're exactly. always in good field position. Yeah. Um, y'all, Utah scored 81%, or Utah gained 81% of available yards in this game. Yeah. Oregon State like, played a, a there's, great There's two game. goal line stands. There's a missed field goal in this game. Like, it, again, in no way, shape, like Oregon State's defense definitely made the plays when the plays needed to be made. That does not make a def- a great defense. Like you just you can't rely on that, and that's fine. And and like a a hundred percent, like the players made plays. They absolutely kicked ass in this game. It was they it was a great great showing out of them. I everything that I want to say about Utah is not to disparage the way that Oregon State played. This game very easily could have been a twenty one point game. Um, if you just you know you finish two of those things, you finish a field goal drive, you don't get a fucking punt blocked like on your one punt your one freaking punt of the game and you give it up for a touchdown like there's just uh, this was this was a really really interesting um game from from kind of a statistical standpoint and at the end of the day like oregon state's gonna score every time <laughs> you you better be able to score 50 if you're gonna beat this team well i feel i want to say i feel like this whole season every time we've talked about oregon state the biggest narrative has been okay but what rushing defense have they played like what good defense have they played they haven't proven themselves they haven't proven themselves coming into this game I was like very confidently saying that Utah probably is the best defense they've played this season by far they're definitely the best rushing defense they've played I will say that I think Utah's defense is top three in the Pac-12 and now I'm seeing a lot of 
well, actually, Utah's defense is bad. So Oregon State actually hasn't done anything. And I will say that most of these narratives are coming from Utah fans that really like to um, not give our opponents credit. But Oregon State's defense is real. I mean, offense is real. Their defense, I don't think, is something that is going to be reliable throughout the rest of the season. But you have to remember we play in the Pac-12 where you don't need to be reliable to do well in this stupid conference. You can win by having a really good run defense, run offense. Like that's that works in this conference. You know, you just have to be able to score points and survive. And Oregon State, that's what they've done every single week is they've scored points and they've survived. So I Oregon State's offense is real. You can say that they're bad because of their defense, but they have the best offense in the conference. Like, I'm I'm ready to say that. I don't think anyone has a better offense than them. Maybe ASU. Everybody else, no. I mean, I'd even put Oregon State over ASU. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would too. I, I think I'm trying not to have too much recency bias since ASU was on a bye, but it definitely— I mean, We saw ASU play that same Utah defense and got shut out in it's the second true. half. It's a great experiment, yeah. Yeah. So give give credit to where it's due. Utah didn't lose this game because of funky Juju and Corvallis. Like Oregon State had an amazing offensive scheme, and that's why I can't be as angry as I wish I could be. Like I wish I could be screaming right now, but it was just a beautiful game to watch, and I wish I wasn't a Utah fan so I could have just enjoyed that experience. So yeah, it was just fun. Like there was, was back and forth. Yeah. Like it was nobody mm-hmm. neither team really felt like it was out of reach. Like it was just a fun game. It was a I'm, really fun game. I think this was the most like enjoyable game of football from the Pac twelve this whole weekend. So we we talked about this. Like, is Oregon State Mariota's Oregon? Like, do you leave that game losing to them just being like, I still love them? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel right <laughs> now. Yeah, they're just they're just a less they're Walmart Mariota's Oregon. They're not as good, of course, but they mm-hmm. are like that, they'll beat your team that felt and you'll be like, I still love you. Yeah. I mean, it had to be said. At least make them like Amazon basics or something. I just think it's so impressive (laughs) because they're a rushing offense and there's not a lot of rushing offenses in the country that can do this and win just by running the ball like this. So when they do and when they get this many yards against a Utah team, like Utah in general is traditionally very good at stopping the run. That's like Kyle Whittingham's bread and butter. Run the ball well, stop the ball well. That didn't make sense. Stop Stop them from running the ball well. And oh... Oh my gosh. It was great. I hate yeah, I mean, it there's so just much. So few, there's so few, I mean, anyone in college football, there's so few teams that can say, no, 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 we're, you know, we're going to run and you can't stop us. Uh, like I think a lot of teams fancy themselves to be that, but Oregon state really is the only one who can say that in the pac 12, at least like, you know, yeah, Stan- I guess Stanford, you know, they're going to pass and can you stop them? I think, I think, <laughs> Probably a bit, mo- a lot more than you can stop Oregon State's uh, rushing offense, but it's it's they're telegraphing it. Um, you know, Chance Nolan does not want to throw more than like 15 times in a game, and uh, you know, Oregon State just gets five, six, seven yards anytime it wants on the ground. It's, it, it's wild. It's insane because it's so simple going into the game to say, well, if you stop Oregon State's run, then you'll win the game. You can't stop their run. You cannot stop Oregon State's run. No one's been able to do it. I don't foresee anyone stopping them holding them to less than 150 yards purdue people like to bring up purdue purdue so silly beat oregon state because oregon state was running a completely different offense they ran the ball like 30 percent of the time maybe 
They had Neuer playing quarterback, who we know is not good at football. Like this, how they are running the ball now, you, I have, I don't think anyone in the conference is going to stop that. Like I think that Oregon, Oregon State is my the most exciting game to watch. Like that is the game that I it's have be really circled because I cannot wait to see what they do. Like Kayvon Thibodeau's great in pass rush. Well, guess what? Oregon State doesn't pass the ball. So <laughs> let's see you stop the run. Okay. I'm going to say something that will piss Carlos off. This really <laughs> reminds me of 2019 Utah. All right. Yes. Yes. Actually, yes. <laughs> no, seriously, it does. Um, moving on. We had a couple of non-conference games this week. Washington State lost at home to BYU 21-19 to after a failed two-point conversion late in the fourth quarter. And USC lost to Notre Dame in South Bend 31-16 to in the Sickos game of the week. Which loss would you say was worse, Matt? Uh, Washington State's because that's the only loss that existed. Um the Notre Dame USC game didn't happen. I'm absolutely certain of it. Uh, nobody watched this no game. No truck stops. Nobody here watched this game. Nobody on to tw- the only person that I saw tweeting about this game was Ryan Abraham, and he's actually paid to do it. And even then, like I don't think half of his tweets were about this game. Um, I honestly just uh, you lose at home uh, to. Uh, I mean, Notre Dame's a much better team than USC right now, and they were at home in a pretty classic you know, historical rivalry. I, I don't think it, that game was not as close as 31 to 16 was. Uh, but I, I don't think that Notre Dame is going to do anything exotic or special to outscore you. Drake London is a King as always. Um, but yeah, Washington state was kind of interesting. We didn't know how they were going to come out after the firing of Rolovich net, not firing after the, um, holding accountable of Rolovich. Um, and, and him choosing to to leave his position. Um, I really, really lackluster. I, I definitely think that uh, Jaden DeLauro did not look comfortable at all at any point during this game. Um, still had a chance to tie it up. Um, I think with like three minutes left was when they scored their touchdown and went for two, um, and that failed. I, you know, th- this was, it was a close game throughout, and they just, they couldn't make it happen, but it, that there was definitely something missing. Um, they, they, they have definitely gone through some emotional weeks lately. Yeah, like Matt said, I don't think anybody actually watched the USC game. I certainly did it. This is my first time hearing the score, so good for good for USC scoring uh, sixteen points. Really proud of them. Um, that's better than I thought they would do. As for Washington State, BYU. Y- they their coach is gone. They they had a week without a coach. That's basically what happened. And BYU without did five it. coaches. True. Like they lost a lot of their coaching staff. And BYU didn't look impressive either. BYU genuinely looked bad a lot of this game. And but it was a really close game. And so I don't think this is like an impressive win for BYU at all. Certainly not a reason they should go back into the top 25, but whatever they are. And I'm mad about it, but that's all right. Um, They'll certainly lose to like Toledo or someone next week, whatever. I don't even know their schedule, but it's definitely, I would say I'm, I'm very impressed with Washington state considering the situation that that team is in right now. That's, I can't even imagine like, they really liked Rolovich, it seemed like, which, you know what, I don't understand, but okay. Um, you lose your head coach that you're behind. Congrats on, like, 
Way to go to a football game. Proud of you guys. <laughs> yeah, I um, I did not. I actually did not watch the BYU Washington State game, and I watched a little bit more of the USC Notre Dame game. Um, rivalry but, shit. Yeah, rivalry shit. I mean, it, objectively, I think USC Notre Dame was probably one of the more intriguing games, just because it's a rivalry game. It's USC. It's Notre Dame. But I understand. Um, I really wasn't. I didn't care this much. I didn't care that much about that that game than I did, you know, the Utah Oregon State game. Um, yeah, just sort of reading the tweets about it and following along. It seemed like Washington State um, looked fine. You know, I didn't. I didn't hear anything egregious about Washington State coming out of this. Um, just sort of looking at the advanced stats and looking at um, some of the team stats, I thought it seemed like they did. They did well. Um, so yeah, I don't have much to say about that. I will say about the USC Notre Dame game, um, you know, going to that game, I was like, I don't know. Notre Dame's just like not a scary team. Um, and USC is talented. They won all their games on the road. In the end, Notre Dame did win by two touchdowns, but USC probably, you know, had opportunities to win the game when they shouldn't have. Uh, clearly USC is still a deeply flawed team. Um, but Notre Dame, just given the way Notre Dame was playing, what the way USC looked, Notre Dame really should have won by a lot more. Um, Drake London continued to look absolutely ridiculous. I have nothing but good things to say about him. He's, uh, we're you know we're, we've run out of ways to describe Drake London. Um, and USC's defense is bad. Um, I think they gave up a um, they gave up some crucial plays against Notre Dame that I think really hurt them late. So. Yeah, I wasn't paying too much attention to these games. I was really locked in on UCLA, Oregon, really locked in on Utah, Oregon State. Um, sometimes it's hard to watch multiple games. I will say, um, as much as I really liked, and I'm going, I'm going a little off tangent, um, as much as I really liked that the games ended early at 7.30 p.m., I have to say I kind of hate when there's just like a lot of games going on at exactly the same time. Makes it really hard to pay attention to. Uh, I love it when I really wish the Pac-12, I know you're all going to hate me. I really wish the Pac-12 would go to 9 a.m. games. Just go to 9 a.m. games. Give us a 9 a.m. or a 12 p.m., a 3 p.m., a 6 p.m., and a 7.30 p.m. Anyway. Uh, I'd yeah, rather that than the Friday say, Nighters. Yeah. I yeah. Like There's the no nighters. reason to have, an eight, right. to have an 8.30 Mountain Friday night kick. That's awful. Yeah. Once once I'm done going to the games in person, um, I'm more than happy for them to start at 9 a.m. Pacific time. I'd, that'd be great. Sounds 9 a.m. tailgates are the best. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I don't get a tailgate. So <laughs> uh. after I graduate, when I get to do whatever I want, then right. I'll be happy with 9 a.m. kicks. <laughs> uh, I wasn't really disappointed. I don't think either of them are terrible losses because I don't think USC cares and Washington State has hard circumstances but I think USC's was definitely a worse loss even though they're playing a much better team they're still USC and they were so clearly worse than Notre Dame in that game whereas Wazoo uh very easily could have won that game they played in despite losing five coaches earlier this week if Jaden Delora played a cleaner game they would have won I was really really disappointed in him because I watched not all of that game, but most of it. And he he just made a lot, a lot of mistakes that uh, he shouldn't make. There I know he's some, good like, enough. Uncle Rico shit that he was throwing up there. Like, it was, yeah. there was some weird stuff. Like, we know he's good enough. Like, he has the talent to be one of the 
top few quarterbacks in the conference, but then he has weeks like these, which are why he's not one of those, because he can just he can make some terrible decisions and throw some terrible balls where he just lofts it up there so the receiver has no chance at it and the DB just has an easy interception. So, uh, yeah, if Delora played to get a, a better game, Wazoo would have won, but it's I still think it's impressive for them to only lose by two in that game. All right, should we talk about the fun question mark games that happen between <laughs> the bottom four teams in the conference? One one quick thing I just want to say about Drake London because mm-hmm. I was just looking at his game stats for he's gained over this is his season uh, last week against or this week against Notre Dame 171 yards and then before that 162 yards 130 yards 165 yards 170 yards. 68 versus Stanford, very weird. And then 144 against San Jose State. I just had to say that. I was looking through this again, and I was like, he had 171 yards. How many times has he had, like, over 150 yards? And the answer is four. Ridiculous. It's it's a shame that USC is so bad just because Drake London's going to get less attention. Yeah. Like, I a love when shame. USC's bad, but Drake London deserves to be in the Heisman race right now. Mm-hmm. He- oh, man, imagine him with a good oh. – I hadn't even thought of him in the Heisman race. That would be so fun. Yeah, but he, sadly, Keaton Slovis is his quarterback, so that's really too bad. And he's still getting those numbers with Keaton Slovis as his quarterback, which, as we've said a million times, Matt could do better than Keaton Slovis does in USC's offense. All right, talking about the fun games. Um, UW got past Arizona 21-16 to after being behind 16-0 to and Colorado lost to Cal 26-3. to Do we have anything to say about these games, Carlos? Yeah, uh, not much to say about these games except uh, these are like the bottom four teams in the conference, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Washington, Cal, Colorado, Arizona in that order and they all played each other. So that's fun. Um, I think we saw some separation between Cal and Colorado in that game. You know, I think we were all wondering, you know, is Colorado on the level of like Colorado? Is Cal on the level of Colorado, Arizona bad? And I think we were all thinking, yes, clearly not. Um, We were on Colorado yardage watch for this game. I was on Colorado yardage watch for this game. And through the first half, they only had 91 yards. (laughs) Just, Just I think they had. Oh, my God. They had a net of 104 yards on the day. The second half was bad. They had, uh, they gained, what is that, 13 yards? 13 yards or something? Yeah, 13 mm-hmm. yards in the second half. Fucking embarrassing. That's just, that's horrid. That's horrid. You can't do that against a Cal team that has not looked good on defense this year. This is not 2019 Cal. It's not. Um, so that's disgusting. And then as for Washington, Arizona, oh, God, um, I think Washington is is probably getting on the level of Colorado bad. I thought they had on some nice stretches in the middle of the season, but they're starting to regress, and um, Arizona really should have had this game. They really blew it. I thought Jed Fish blew this game. He blew this game with some of his insane decisions late. Um, I think it was a, a decision to kick a field goal. It was a decision to not go for it on fourth and one uh at some point in the game i don't know this is a friday night game i had a little bit blurry about when that was but some crucial i think um decisions that really uh kind of doomed arizona in that game so 
yeah, I mean, ugly football all around. Not really impressed with anyone um, except maybe Cal and Cal saying like, "Hey, don't put us, put, don't insult us by putting <laughs> putting us with these two clowns." We get our own That's tier. <laughs> we get our own tier of bad. Do not, do not put us in the same uh, category. But yeah, uh, for me with with the Colorado uh, Cal game, I just Colorado is still bad, and thus Colorado is still making me money. I fucking love Carl Durrell so much. Uh, that's that's all I really have to say about that game. It, I just Colorado is my favorite team ever. Yeah, I'll, all I have to say is that I have no idea what to do. Well, obviously these are the bottom four teams, and Arizona is the bottom bottom. But Colorado, Cal, and UW are like together in this weird lump of where like oh obviously cal is better than colorado but somehow UW beat cal but now i'm not sure if UW can actually beat colorado so i'm really confused what's going on there um and have decided that i'm gonna pay no more attention to any of these teams except for when i'm betting on colorado colorado to not cover um thank you greg for your betting advice (laughs) yeah garbers garbers played really well in this game um We've been saying all year how Colorado has a really good defense, and Garber's absolutely carved him up. Um, otherwise, Washington, go straight to hell. There's nothing redeemable oh, about you. Hell. We were having so much fun, and you absolutely ruined all of it. Uh, that game, I've never come out, I haven't come out of a game where I am a neutral observer more angry than I did coming out of that game in a long time i wanted the washington arizona game yeah i wanted both of those coaches tarmacked uh that was a disaster like oh my god jed fish is a fucking moron i want them i still want them most tarmacked so so much like washington tried so hard to give them the game and jed fish was just like i don't want it i I don't want to win this game at all and now jimmy link still has a job i know and Washington, how are they worse than we thought they were after losing to Montana? Like, how have they gotten worse than that? Because we know Montana is a better football program than Arizona currently. Oh, no, exactly. Like, they're worse than they were then. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. I want to point out that somehow UW fans remain incorrect. They were very confident that they'd be losing this game, and they didn't lose. (laughs) They are incapable of having a correct take. And that, to me, is just the most hilarious shit in the world. (laughs) <laughs> yeah um, it really was like that yes i'm i'm happy you'd have won just because i didn't choose that as my bad vibe bad vibes game and i was gonna be real fucking pissed if arizona had their first game in three years and i did not predict the upset so <laughs> yeah i will say i feel so bad for jarek broussard to go from where oh, he was no. last year to go from where he was last year uh, pac-12 offensive player of the year looked genuinely like maybe behind Jamar Jefferson kind of the best running back in the conference he has not gained 100 yards once this season and um, hasn't really come close except for the game against Northern Colorado on their season opener it's been 28 yards against Cal 53 against Arizona 68 against USC 35 against ASU 8 against Minnesota and 51 against Texas A&M um, all well under five yards per carry at four point, uh, even below four point five yards per carry. They're they've ruined him. Uh, I feel really bad for him. It's not. It's not even his in. fault. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, 
their their coaching staff is so ass like that 51 yards against Texas A&M now seeing Colorado as I see them with like half the season over is the most fucking impressive thing in the entire world to me you got 51 yards on Colorado's offense by yourself incredible shit it's just sad yeah yeah sad heartbreaking all right should we get to our picks for this week's games all right washington state travels to arizona state at 12 p.m pacific time on fox sports one it's an early game carlos way earlier than i guess 12 30 is our earliest kicks this week um asu is favored by 15 points carlos who wins who covers uh 14 and so i've got 14 and a half i see it's 15 here in our document um that's huge uh i think arizona state definitely wins washington state is wildly unpredictable to me it's in tempe i'm gonna say arizona state wins i think they win comfortably but i don't think they cover uh 15 14 and a half okay i need to preface this by saying i feel really really bad about it but this is my bad vibes game of the week wow explain I feel uncomfortable saying that. Like, I want to take it back, but I'm not going to. Um, Washington State, like you said, is incredibly unpredictable. Uh, They don't have a coach anymore. And Arizona State, I think, is one of the most solid teams in the conference. But something just tells me that Washington State traveling to Tempe after Arizona State's bye means that Arizona State should win by 24 points. And that's not going to happen because I hate this conference and it's dumb and good things don't happen to us and this win is going to somehow make BYU look even better which is my personal hell so it's mostly bad vibes around me but you know what they're there so Washington State is going to win maybe if this game was happening in Pullman I'd agree with you but uh, I'm a believer in ASU when they are playing at home and this game is at home, so I'll take them to win and cover. I I am also picking Arizona State to win and cover, but but yeah, this is how the vibes work, right? <laughs> yes. Because if Washington <laughs> State does win this game, it is exclusively on by on vibes. Um, Arizona State <laughs> coming off a bye at home, off the loss to Utah. Um, Wow, that would be an that would be, that would be an loss. epic collapse to lose that ball game. Oh, now you got me thinking about it though. Yeah, wow. see, that's how the that's how the vibes are successful. Is I just throw shit at the wall and make it up, and it happens. Wow, you know, wow, I've tried wow. to do like the thinking the last two weeks, and it hasn't worked for me. So we're back. We're back to back. whatever the fuck this is. Uh, so. Real quick, one piece of one piece of voodoo in case this contributes to your um, to your vibes. Uh, teams going into bye weeks, going into like the week before their bye week, are two and eight this season. Uh, only Utah and UCLA Ooh. have a win before a bye. So, and Washington State goes on a bye next week. What are the records off the bye? After, uh, after the bye? I have no idea. I haven't done that work. Well, <laughs> Oregon State won after their bye. Half-assed. Utah won after Utah their won bye. After. Oregon won after their bye. Okay, so maybe better. It's probably better, but you know what? Better. Rules don't happen some, at Washington State unless it's vaccination. Wow. Rules, so. 
Arizona Ugh. State and Washington State, you couldn't pick two schools that follow rules less. I hope I hope you guys all got the chill down your spine. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was shocked. Spooky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I all of a sudden feel horrible about this pick. I really, <laughs> Me too, like... yeah. <laughs> all right. Oregon hosts Colorado at 1230 on Fox. Oregon is the 26-point favorite here. Greg, who oh, wins? Shit. Who covers? In this house, we fade Colorado blindly. I don't care what the fucking line is. Oregon to win and cover. They could be favored by 40, and I'd take them. Yeah, Greg gives great betting advice, so I'm going to agree with him. I know Oregon does the dumb shit where they let teams hang around for no reason, but they are not capable of allowing Colorado to hang around unless they just toss the ball to Nate Landman on every offensive drive. Like, it's... There's no way that... Kayvon Thibodeau is going to commit murder today. Yeah. Or not today, but next week. Please put... Um, Lewis on watch like poor guy needs to be in a safe Have house an ambulance ready yeah definitely Oregon big here if if we were picking these games against the spread I would genuinely pick Colorado here um, Oregon will win Colorado I think is a borderline lock to cover this thing don't care blindly uh, fade the under uh, is probably is good Oregon too is- though is Oregon going to score like 24? I mean, maybe. I guess they might score only 24, 27 points. Maybe they'll put but in Ty like, Thompson. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm picking Oregon to cover. I know this is a massive spread. I know they don't cover. I feel like you could accidentally score 25 points against Colorado. Like, you know, like... Uh, like their offense two, is so bad, you'll be in yeah, good position. Two pick sixes, like, that's that probably will happen. Um, I would not be shocked if they got two pick sixes. That's 14 points right there, and then all they ha- all their offense has to do is get another two touchdowns. Yeah, Oregon, Oregon by... Yeah, I'm going to pick Oregon minus 25. All right, Oregon State is at Cal at 4 p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Get Oregon State on a major... TV broadcast, please. What is this? If you what, have you the Pac-12 Rod Network, we're talking about him. I even if you <laughs> even if you <laughs> don't have the, the Pac-12 Network, please find a way to watch Oregon State play football. I am begging you. I have decided that if you haven't watched the entirety of at least two Oregon State games, you're not allowed to have an opinion on them. Beavs are only a one and a half point favorite, probably because whoever's doing this in Vegas doesn't have the Pac-12 Network, um, but it is on the road. Matt, who wins? Who covers? Yeah, I was certain this was going to be your bad vibes game of the week. Me Um, too. Yeah. Me too. So the vibes are not predictable. Okay. Does the group? Oh man, now now it's a three against one. I want to pick Cal. So I think I'm going to pick Cal. (laughs) Oh hell! All right, give me Cal. I was going to fade the vibes, but now. (laughs) Yeah, give me Cal. I'll pick Cal. All right, Oregon State is winning. Oregon State is covering. Cal is not good. Don't don't be tricked by any team that plays well against Colorado, okay? I don't this is no. Oregon State is good. All they have to do is run the ball here. I don't think Garbers is allowed to have two good weeks in a row. So, Oregon State. I I saw this line and was shocked because Oregon State is good and Cal not sure about but sometimes Vegas produces their own vibes. We're like, we're just going to make this spread insanely tiny for no reason. And then something ends up happening that makes that completely justified. Oh, God, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Oregon State. I think they should cover. They should win my two touchdowns. I don't see why they shouldn't. It's fucking insane that it's negative two. Um, a minus two spread for Oregon State. But I'm going to pick them. So we'll see. We'll see if that bites me in the ass. 
if the spread wasn't this small, I would take Oregon State without question. However, the last time the spread was this small, they lost to Washington State. Yes. And so yes, now that's exactly I will be what I was prostrating thinking. myself before the vibes and Let's taking go, Cal. Greg. You'll be wetting yourself? Let's go, Greg. I don't care. We don't need to Google that one. I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see. I uh, S- SP Plus has this as a 1.1 uh, point spread. Get your, Fucking go get bears. Your nerd Let's go. stats out of here. Plus has been perfect. <laughs> you cannot trick me into thinking that Garbers is a good quarterback. Um, all right. Look at Eric. me taking an underdog. Oh boy. <laughs> now she's getting, yep. Yeah, Cal's definitely winning now. <laughs> Arizona heads in the Coliseum to play USC for, uh, at four on ESPNU. Oh God. Arizona is getting 20 and a half points on the spread. Um, Carlos, who wins, who covers? Oh my God! <laughs> Would there not be a more perfect uh, way for the street me... to end? Oh, oh my God! There would not be a more perfect way. <laughs> Especially with how teams have played in the Coliseum this year. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe this spread is twenty and a half for USC. Oh, I like. I cannot believe it. I know that Arizona's bad. Oh my God! This is giving me horrific vibes. Um, I'm going to pick USC to win, I think, but I'm not going to pick them to cover. I think Arizona, that's not insane to think Arizona might win this game. I'm just going to say, I'm going to pick USC to win, though. Yeah, USC's only win at home was against San Jose State, who we know is bad at football. Like, why is the spread so big? Arizona is an FCS team, so they will not win this game. I God, I hope they do, though. That would be hilarious. But I'm going to pick USC to win. I don't think they win by more than 14 points, though. Oh, God, man. I want to pick Arizona so bad. <laughs> Fuck it. Go on, Greg. Greg is behaving like this because we posted who picked the most underdogs, and (laughs) he's only picked the underdog like six times. That's not why I'm doing this. It's because the vibes this week are so bad. Yeah, this is a bad vibes week. I'm dabbling in vibes. This week has the worst vibes. I was thinking that's why it was so hard for me to pick a bad vibes game because I was like, they all suck. Basically, I heard what Avery said when she said, "I don't want to miss it when Arizona gets their first win." And this would be so perfect, just with the way teams have played in the Coliseum, with what happened last week and how furious I was at them. And like, if the, if I lose that pick, I won't even be mad at myself. But if I win, I'll be so happy. So I'm see, picking Arizona. if Plummer wasn't their quarterback, like oh, I, I would pick I would pick Arizona as the bad vibes game every single week until they won. But maybe I should do that. Just I'll start doing that next week. If I'm yeah, if I'm not right <laughs> this week, I'll just pick Arizona every single week until they win. But yeah, this that would be I, oh, that'd be perfect. Yeah, so I'm picking USC. I'm gonna watch this game with so much joy in my heart. This is either going to be an Arizona like Arizona winning, ending the the streak, or Drake London is gonna go off for 300 yards. And USC no is going to win this game by 30 points. Um, there's this is going to be this this could be the best game of the week. Go go the London uh, Wildcats, whatever. I don't know what I'm calling them. Oh gosh, I'm gonna be so to, happy watching this game. I'm gonna have to hook Fighting up a screen at my tailgate so that I can watch this game because it's very important to me. Mm-hmm. All right, Pac-12 After Dark kicks off with UCLA in Salt Lake City against Utah at 7 p.m. Pacific time on ESPN. Utah is favored by four and a half points at home. Greg, what's your pick? Uh, I think this is gonna be a great game. Really fun to watch. 
I'll take Utah to win and cover because that UCLA secondary is bad and Cam Rising is good at throwing a deep ball. So I will take Utah to win and cover because of that. I don't feel great though. If DTR is playing or not will affect how that game goes a lot because I think DTR could really do a lot against Utah's defense. Yeah, DTR's athleticism is kind of scary, but he seems like he's a little beat up out there. So if he's playing, I don't know like how 100% he'll be. Um, I'm going to pick Utah here. I genuinely pick Utah here. Utah's <laughs> very good at bounce back wins, especially when they're at home, especially late at night. Pac-12 after dark, I feel like, really only affects them on the road. And we'll have a lot to talk about that next week. Um but like, I think Utah is genuinely going to look solid and just confirm um, that Oregon State is the best team in this conference. Thank you. I hate, 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 and I really want to hear Carlos's pick before I pick mine, if you'll allow me. But I hate Devin Lloyd being out for the first half of this game. Um, the, the only thing that kind of counteracts that is the potential health of DTR. Um, if DTR was healthy... I I would definitely be picking UCLA right now, but I don't I don't know. I don't know what the total is, but I bet the over. Do I, I have to pick, or can I hear Carlos? You have to pick. All right, I'll pick Utah. I don't love it. I don't like it at all. Okay, yeah, I'm picking Utah. I'm picking Utah to win. I'm picking Utah Fuck. to cover. I would have picked Utah. God I would have picked it. Utah to cover no matter what it was. Uh, <laughs> and I will be rooting the, for he's Utah. He's doing the jinxing thing. No, no I am not doing the jinxing thing. It's this. not jinxing. I'm not it's doing I'm not emotional. doing. He wants UCLA hedging. to lose, so Chip gets I, fired. Oh, true. Uh, that. That right there. I am ready for the Lane Kiffin era to start at UCLA. Oh, Give me please. Utah minus whatever. Carlos, we'll make it happen just for you, buddy. God damn go, it. Go Utes. <laughs> Big Utah fan, Carlos. Um, Congrats, UCLA, on the win. Um, Okay, (laughs) finally, it's Washington traveling to Stanford at 7.3 p.m. That doesn't make sense. 7.30 p.m. on FS1. Stanford is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Matt. Do the drop, baby. (laughs) Uh, This is going to be some grossness, um, and I'm picking Washington. Sicko's game of the week. Should say, should have said it. Yes, yeah, Sicko's game of the week. There yeah, Sicko's game of the week. I'm sorry. I thought I thought the uh, the drop would be enough. Sicko's game of the week. This is going to be absolutely terrible. Um, I I am going. There will be four scoring plays. They will all go for touchdowns. Um, and I think that somebody loses on a uh, missed extra point. Not not even a two point conversion. We're we're missing an extra point somewhere in here. Um, yeah, I'm picking Washington. Competent Stanford. I love you. All right. Um, I think Washington might be the second worst team in this conference. I think that Stanford has a top three quarterback in this conference. And Washington, again, is just really fucking bad. So Stanford's going to win. Stanford's going to win by at least 10 points. That's my pick. Yeah, Stanford should win. Um, I think they don't. Washington's biggest. So here's the thing: Stanford is a passing team, and Washington. The best thing about Washington's Washington defense DBs is their secondary. They're really good. That might be fun to watch. Um, I'm gonna go ahead, Stanford. I think I think Washington's offense will be the worst thing in this game. Um, Stanford's rushing defense is gonna give it a, a a run for its money, though. Give me give me give me Stanford. Give me Stanford to win and to obviously to cover. Fun yeah, is an interesting that, word to use. 
if Arizona, that Arizona game hadn't happened, I would be with Matt taking Washington to win this game. But I, uh, I mean, that was just so bad that I'd hate myself if I picked them. So I'll pick Stanford. Yeah, I'm never trusting Washington again. Fuck that team. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all we have for today. Um, make sure you tune into our basketball episode that will come out um, on Tuesday. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Truck Stops Pod and send us an email at No Truck Stops Podcast at gmail.com. And always remember, there are no truck stops here. Not even one. Still and thick with smoke, so thick it makes you choke. The crowd vibes in, the cup is kicking, and my patience to everything. Said I'm lonelier than a single sex on a quiet.